theories about embracing and having meaning in your life. And we're just going to kind of entangle that today into our topic of what we're talking about today. We're a soldier of Christ, enlisted for life is what God wants us to be. When my father was 18 years old, I think that was the age he was, when he was tired of his father controlling him. Just got tired of it. Everywhere he went, everything he did, his father told him what to do, where to go. And he got so tired of it, he got fed up with it. He had had enough of his father's tyrannical rule in his life. And so he joined the army. (laughs) He fixed that. I love the story he tells as he he got off the bus at Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri and he was chewing gum and they're standing in line and he's waiting to hear his name to be called in the roll call and the sergeant, you can imagine, is calling the names and dad's standing there. If you've ever seen my dad or heard my dad chew gum, you know it's a huge downfall. This was a tragedy about to happen. He didn't hear his name and the sergeant walked up to him as my dad is chewing his gum, and he starts yelling at him right in his face. The brim of his hat is hitting his forehead. You can imagine the guy is just, because <laughs> my dad's a little guy. He's the biggest guy in the world to me, but he's, his stature is a little. <laughs> well, my father received a letter just a few years ago, and I want to share some of it with you today. And uh, it's from a friend, an army friend, and... Um, His name is Don, and Don wrote this letter, and this is the picture that he sent with it. This is a card, uh, just a a scan-in of the card with the picture in it. And he says, hey, Jerry, do you remember this photo? And Don, I think, is watching today, so that's pretty odd. Everybody say, hi, Don. (laughs) He says, 55 years ago this month, I think it was August 2019 that he sent this. 55 years ago this month... A group of us had made or had this this made on our first pass from basic training. Later on in training, I was thinking about going AWOL with a couple of these clowns, and you talked me out of it. Great move on your part. Thanks. <laughs> and Don went on to reminisce his life. He said, you know, I've been married to my wife for 42 years now, and and uh, the good things in my life. And you could tell in the rest of his letter that he realized that had it not been for him staying in the military and finishing out, had it not been for what my father did for him in that moment to talk him into staying and not going AWOL, his life would have been a lot different, much different. You know, a temptation when we go through difficult times is that we run. To go AWOL. And in the military, if you go AWOL for 30 days, they consider you to be a deserter. Just 30 days. And you know, all throughout the Bible, this is one of the themes that we see throughout the Bible in in people's relationship with God. All throughout the Bible, there's people that went AWOL. Y'all remember the story of Jonah? That's one of the most renowned stories in the world, right? He ran from his post. He hated the people that God wanted him to go preach to. He hated them. Today we call it racism, right? 
He absolutely hated these people. And God was like, I want you to go preach to these people. Well, he ended up preaching. You know the story. He ended up in the whale, and God had the whale throw him up. Anybody feel like you would enjoy a life after being enveloped in vomit from a whale? That would be a bad memory, a little bit of PTSD going on after that, right? He gets vomited up on the land. He goes in, and, and he preaches to these people, and it was a wonderful sermon. Oh, my goodness, it was wonderful. He just, oh, God loves you. God, is that what he preached? No, he walked through the town going, God hates you people. <laughs> he's going to destroy you people if you don't repent. And he's just angry at these people and just mad. He was the greatest preacher of the day because the revival hit that land. And he was so angry at that. You know what's interesting about Jonah is as renowned as that story is, as worldwide as that no story is, not, notwithstanding that it's in the Bible, greatest book ever. He was not included in the Hall of Faith chapter, which we've talked about so much lately. What Jonah did was not an act of faith, but what God did was an act of faithfulness, wasn't it? That's God. But Jonah went AWOL, and God knew how to bring him back, didn't he? I got a feeling God's got a few whales out there still if he needs, needs to bring somebody back, right? Judas was a deserter. Remember Judas? He betrayed Jesus, and he handed Jesus over to those who would crucify him. I wouldn't like to go down in history as that guy. Paul, the apostle, had a friend named Demas. You ever heard of Demas? Demas was a fellow laborer of Paul's, and he was with him, at least we know, on his second missionary journey. And during that journey, at some point, Paul got arrested, so he was in, in jail in Rome, and this is where he wrote from in Rome, and look what he said about Demas. He said, for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. The Greek, Greek verb here that's used implies more than Demas just saying, hey, Paul, let's just kind of part ways. Let's go do our own thing. I'm going to go do this, and you go ahead and go to prison, whatever you got to do. I'm going to go do this. It was more than that. It was Paul communicating that this guy left him in a pickle. This guy left him in a time of need, a time that he could have really helped Paul and been there for him. He left him in that moment. Demas left him. And why did Demas become a deserter? Paul said it was because he was in love with the present world. As opposed to being in love with Jesus. That was the, that was the reason for it. So Demas's desertion wasn't just about leaving Paul. It was also about him leaving Jesus, him deserting Jesus. It was a spiritual decision. He wasn't just leaving Rome to go to Thessalonica. It was leaving his relationship with God and leaving his relationship with Paul. Another translation said this, Demas loves the things of this life. And I think that's why at the beginning of service, I was so careful to, to say, we just love America. As much as we do and as much as I am patriotic, this is the church. And we have something way greater to love than America. Listen, our hope is not in America. 
as much as I love her, and I appreciate those who have served and have died for her, our hope is in Christ. And I don't know about you, but if, if, as soon as I start to put my hope in America, I start to get discouraged. So I'm grateful for this land, and I would, I would serve if I'm called to. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ready, but <laughs> might be a little bit of an issue. But I would, because I believe in it. In war, though, there are, tr- there are different people within a war. There are traitors. There are those that are AWOL. There are those that are MIA, missing in action. There are those who are POWs, prisoners of war. There are those that are active soldiers. And in the military, they're on the backside of their service. There's also wounded warriors. There's disabled veterans. There's those who are honorably discharged and those that are dishonorably discharged. And I guess the question when it comes to our relationship with God and, and being soldiers in Christ is which one of those are you? Are you active in service? Are you wounded? Do you feel like a prisoner of some kind of war? Are you AWOL? Are you missing an action? Which one are you? So today, real quickly, I just want us to look at the Apostle Paul's second letter to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor. And Paul began the letter that he wrote to Timothy, the second one, basically explaining, Timothy, this is why you should be faithful, and this is why I'm going to be faithful to the end. And, and you've you got to understand also that going into this, who Timothy is, Timothy's grandmother and his mother had gotten saved, and, and they accepted Christ into their life, and then they passed that on to Timothy as a young boy. And as Timothy grew up, he went into the ministry, and now he's this young pastor. And Paul is communicating to him, hey, this is why you should be faithful. This is why you should be a good soldier for Christ. And he says, Timothy, never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. What is he saying? He's saying the church back then had the same problem the church has now. There's always going to be people that you read into it. Paul was thinking, man, these people are saying, well, God's not with him. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in jail. What, what did Paul do that was wrong? Well, he's probably not really a servant of Christ. Otherwise, God wouldn't have him in jail because God only does good things to people and only allows good things in people's lives. You can hear it now, all the stuff that the church back then was saying, that people in church that don't understand how God works today and how God uses struggles and uses pain in our lives to get us where he wants us to be and, and to do what he wants us to do and all of that. It's called spiritual maturity, right? And, and he, was, he was afraid at some point that Timothy was going to be spiritually immature and be like one of those people. He's saying, Timothy, don't be ashamed of me. I'm in prison. And you've got to understand, Timothy, I'm doing what God wants me to do here. And what's interesting is he was writing the Bible while he was in prison. And he's sitting there and he writes this, with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because it was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to talk about how all of the people in the church in the province of Asia had deserted him. 
They deserted him. And he, he names a couple of guys specifically that were close friends. And I'm not quite sure how to pronounce these names. Maybe, maybe Bill could help me out. Fagellus, what's your take on that one? Close enough, yeah. And then there's Hermogenes or Hermogenes. What do you think? <laughs> Hermogenes. Imagine your name not just being that crazy sounding name, but that name being, your name being written down in the Bible as a deserter. Someone that went AWOL. But then he, he also names a guy named Onesiphorus. You ever heard of Onesiphorus? I think that's how you say his name. And he says, we'll just call him O. <laughs> o never deserted me. He never deserted me. He was never ashamed of Paul's chains. And he searched hard to find Paul. Paul talks about it. He's like, he looked for me like a soldier trying to find someone missing in action or trying to find a prisoner of war, which Paul was. He searched for me and searched for me and searched for me. I was hidden away in jail, but he found me. And he's my friend. That's O. And Paul said this about him. He said, may the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. Isn't that beautiful? Listen to Paul's resolve as a soldier of Christ here. He goes on to tell Timothy. This is chapter 1 of 2 Timothy. God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. That's why I am suffering here in prison. But I'm not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust. And I'm sure that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until the day of his return. So Paul saw his sufferings and his difficulties and his present circumstances as something that he could trust to God. But he also saw that he could entrust his future to God and he would store that up as treasure in heaven. And someone would say, well, yeah, well, John, that's Paul. That's Paul. He was a preacher. He was an apostle. He's a teacher of the gospel. I'm not that. And you know what? I just am in this to go to heaven. I don't want to be a good soldier or anything like that in the kingdom of God. I just want to be a pawn. I want to be able to make it to heaven. That's all I want, John. I just want to every now and then come to church and do, do something just to know that I'm going to get to go to heaven and that's it. I don't want to be like the apostle Paul. I don't want to be some soldier in the body of Christ or anything like that. I can hear that. But look at how Paul wrote about O. And O wasn't any kind of a preacher. He wasn't an evangelist. He wasn't anything other than a soldier in the body of Christ who was seeking out another soldier and was there to help him in his time of need. So I want to take you through some of these verses in 2 Timothy now, chapter 2. We get into chapter 2, and this is how he begins this chapter. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. Hear him continually saying, be strong, Timothy. Be strong. You've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. In other words, Timothy, our mission is solid. Jesus raised from the dead, and there are witnesses to that. 
We're not following some useless voodoo religion. We're not trying to give our lives for something that's crazy. We're not in some kind of a cult. This is the real thing. You and I are in a mission with Christ. And we know that he's alive. We know that this is a worthy mission. That's what he's saying there. You've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Then he says, now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. You know, it's interesting here that Paul tells Timothy where to spend his time. He's like, hey, spend your time teaching these truths to trustworthy people who will then teach them to other people. Passing the message on to others. And a question I need to ask you today is this. Are you that trustworthy person? Are you somebody that the church is able to invest their time in so that you can then pass it on to others? That we invest our words in. That we say, here's what Jesus did for you. Here's what Jesus did for everybody. And you take that and you're, you tr you're trustworthy to pass it on to others. Is that you? Ask yourself, am I a trustworthy soldier of Christ? Does God trust me with his message? Am I taking it and doing something with it? Or am I just hoping, well, I'm just going to get to heaven. That's all that matters. I just, I just want to know that I'm going to heaven. That's all that matters. Wait a second. God's calling you to more than that. He's calling you to more than that. And uh, here's a great example to look at. He wasn't a trustworthy person, was he? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember one time I was doing premarital counsel with a couple and, and um, got to a place where I was asking them about their relationship with Christ. It was my first meeting with them just to see where they are spiritually. And he said, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. And she said, no, I'm not. I said, okay, well, let's talk about that. And I, I said, do you understand what being a Christian is? I asked her. And she said, no, not really. And I said, well, are you open to me talking to you about that? And I began to share with her how Christ died for our sins and he forgave us of our sins. And she looked at me and she said, forgave me? For what? And she was serious. She had no idea that our sin is offensive to God. And this guy's about to marry this woman. He's a Christian and she's not. And he hadn't even told her about Christ. It's irresponsible. And he tells us, teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will pass this message on to others. And God is entrusting this message to you and me. And when hell is on the line, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Are you trustworthy with the message? Are you listening and learning so that you can pass it on to others? That's a big question, isn't it? And then he says, Timothy, enduring, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Endure suffering with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You see, you no longer belong to yourself. Your body no longer belongs to you. You've been bought with a price. Jesus paid for you. You belong to him. 
If you belong to Christ, if you're a Christian, if you expect that you get to go to heaven one day, you belong to him now. It's the same when you go into the military. When you sign up, you find out that your body belongs to them. You get a sunburn, you get written up because you damaged government property. That's the way it is. And it's the same thing in the body of Christ. God says, I bought you. I paid the price for you. You belong to me now. You do not have the right to do with your body whatever you want to do from this point on. I'm just the messenger. He said, oh, no, I'm autonomous. And I'm going to stay that way. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And nobody's going to tell me where to go. And nobody's, well, fine. Do what my dad did. You'll find out when you get to hell. (laughs) But when you turn your life over to Christ, you become a soldier of Christ. Well, no, I'm just going to live life the way that I want to live it. I I just want to make it to heaven. I'm trying to tell you how. You turn your life over to Christ, you belong to him now. Well, I'm going to live this life and I'm going to love this world and I'm going to do whatever I want to with my body, with my soul, with my mind. And if God's just lucky that I'm going to look his way. Isn't that what Demas did? He loved this world. Romans chapter 14, for none of us lives for ourselves alone. He's talking about the church. None of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord. He bought us. 1 Corinthians 6, be a little bit more specific here in case you're missing the point. (laughs) Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Is that specific enough? So Paul goes on, verse 4, Soldiers, don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for they cannot please the officer who, entr- who enlisted them. Then they cannot en- please the officer who enlisted them. See, our goal is to please the officer who enlisted us. What's his name? Paul is talking about dedication. He's talking about focus. He's talking about attention. He says, I want you to put your heart on this. On the things of God. And, and I guess the question is, how long do we have to chase after the things of this world, loving the things of this world? How long do we have to chase after that stuff before we realize it's, it's, not, it's not anything but chasing the wind? We're just grasping for something that seems to be there. And then as soon as we go to grab it, it just it dissipates. You ever have a dream like that? That's life, isn't it? That's life. This week, June 30th, was the day that we were, Angela was diagnosed a year ago. It was a really hard day. And it's interesting, since I lost her, how different I listen to love songs now. It's, it's so weird. Because I listen to love songs now, and, and they're completely different to me. The lyrics like, 
I love you always, forever, near and far, closer together, everywhere. I will be with you, everything I will do for you. Y'all know that stupid song? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't. <laughs> Don't worry. I, it's, it's funny, I listened to that song, or Lionel Richie's song, My Endless Love. And I feel like, you know, Adam Sandler in The Wedding Singer, where he starts singing, you know, Love stinks! Yeah, yeah! You know, I feel like I'm that guy. Because I listen to this stuff, I hear this stuff, and I'm like, always and forever, I used to think that. Because somebody so precious and so wonderful and so huge in my life was just ripped away. And it wasn't forever. And it's not. It's not. It's a lie. And it's the world that teaches us this. So what am I saying? Well, it's interesting before I go there. And you turn it back to the Christian station. You come to church on Sunday and you hear songs about hope in Christ. Loving Christ. It's a whole different message. And suddenly you feel healed and helped because it aligns with reality. You see, I know that the things of this world and everything is temporary now more than ever. When somebody that precious to you dies like a dog would die. It's way, way more of an understanding. So am I saying don't get married? No. Am I saying not to enjoy a nice home? Or anything like that? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is, every one of these things in this world that the Lord gives you is for purpose and for a reason. And when you turn your heart over to Him as a soldier of Christ, you belong to Him. And you better believe also that your spouse belongs to him, that your children belong to him, that everything you own belongs to him. Even the skin that you have, the air that you breathe, the veins in your body, everything in your life belongs to him and is on loan to you for this moment. And when he takes those things back, that you've got to trust him and soldier up. We are soldiers of and for Christ, and we seek to please the officer who enlisted us. And we spur one another on to that. The scripture says, spur one another on to good deeds. There are going to be times that you need to look around and you need to be like my dad. Where is this person? Oh, they've gone AWOL. <laughs> okay, I'm going after them. Don't go AWOL. Don't stop. Don't quit. Be that encourager for somebody else and draw them back in. And they'll be glad that you did years down the road, just like his buddy Don. 
And here's the thing. Paul goes on here in verses 5 and 6. He goes on to say, look, there's something good in this for you too. There's a prize. There's fruit in this. He says, and athletes cannot win the prize. He's talking about the prize that you have for being a soldier in Christ Jesus. Athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. So do the, right, do the best to, that you can to follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. He's saying when you do something, you're going to get fruit from your labor. Isn't that great? As we please him, there's reward. And as good soldiers for Christ, we need to look at every area of our lives and we need to get it together Good soldiers for Christ. Let's get it together. Our finances, our health, our relationships, our marriages, our kids, our grandkids, addictions. Let's get it together. And our schedules. Some of us are letting everything and everyone run our lives so much that we have no time for God. And I have a feeling that when we walk into that place and we cross the Jordan and we see what God has prepared for us, when we walk in there, the first thing that's probably going to hit us square in the eyes is, oh my God. I wish I had made that life about this. This is amazing. So a few questions. Is your private world in order? Are you all tied up? What's keeping you from being a good soldier for Christ? What's keeping you from it? Here's what you need to remember. All that you have belongs to him. Everything. What is yours is actually his for you to steward. So I want to read this. Got a scripture before that. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God. Honor him. And let's get back to Paul's letter. I'm just going to read verses 7 through 14 as he wraps this up. James David, would you come? He says, think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. How many of you need a little tutoring along the way? He says, the Lord will help you to understand. You're not alone. Always remember that Jesus Christ, as a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I'm suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. He's saying, I'll do anything to help somebody come to Christ. I'll rot in jail if, it, if that's what it takes. What a soldier. He says, this is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we'll also live with him.
worst they can do is kill us, right? We get to go to heaven. If we endure hardship, we'll reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, and I love this part, he will remain faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. That's his character. That's who he is. And then verse 14, he tells this young pastor, he says, remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. How many have ever been in a church fight before? Yeah, a few of us, some of you don't want to admit it. <laughs> How many have ever seen that happen? Yeah. He says, let's not do that. He says, stop fighting over words. And isn't it nice to be in a house of peace? Yes. He says, such arguments are useless. They can ruin those who hear them. So we're so grateful. And so today I'm preaching to the choir. But you're a good soldier. Are there areas that we can be better? Absolutely. So Paul tells Timothy to consider himself a soldier for Christ and to teach other trustworthy people to be the same. Through the years, I've seen people come and go in the kingdom of God. It's hard to watch. Some go AWOL, and they find the smallest of reasons, right? But it's where they needed to go for the time being. Some wanted to change, change our mission. You know what I mean? Make it more successful. And because we wouldn't change our mission, because it's Christ's mission, not mine, they go AWOL. Some left because they love the world more than they love Jesus. So today... In just a few moments, we're going to serve communion. If you are a believer in Christ, you're welcome to participate with us. We consider you part of the body of Christ, even if you're not someone that normally attends church here. That's okay. We practice open communion. If you're, if you're a part of the body of Christ, you're a part of us. We welcome you. Amen? But the point is also, make sure that you have accepted Christ into your life and turn your life over to Him. Listen, you're not, you're not perfect. I know that because that's reality. So if you're sitting here thinking, well, I got this and this, relax. There's grace. That's the message of Christ, right? But do you believe? Do you love Him? Are you trying? That's where it is. But before we do that, before we serve you, I want to just give you an opportunity. Maybe there's somebody here that hasn't accepted Christ into your life. And right where you're seated, I just want you to take that opportunity and, and let's do that right now. Or maybe you need to recommit your life to Christ. It's been a while. And today you want to make sure, God, I want that relationship with you. Let's do that right now. Would you bow your heads? I suppose in light of this sermon today, I'm a recruiter for the army of the Lord. 
and you've walked into the recruitment office today and you're saying, yes, I want to sign up. I want to be one of his soldiers. I want to give my life over to him. My body, my mind, my soul, all of my strength, I want to give it to Jesus. And I want to make my life about what he likes and what he doesn't like. And I will fight for him. And I will fight for others to come to know him. I will be a responsible person in the kingdom of God. So Jesus, I give you my life. I want to know you. I want to get to know who you are, what you like, and I want to do those things for you. And I also want to get to know what you don't like, and I want to stop doing those things in my life so that you're accommodated for. I understand the Spirit of God comes alive inside of me when I make this decision, and so I make that decision today. I want you to be alive inside of me. God, thank you for washing me from all of my sin, your forgiveness. I'm so grateful for it. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that has cleansed me from all of my unrighteousness. And now, God, I invite you into my life. Make me new in Jesus' name. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your mercy. I want to belong to you now in Jesus' name. Our guys would come and serve Robert, Ken, and John.